Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. Here's something that I honestly believe that's going to happen today. Hope is going to come to your home. And I want to talk to you about something that's pretty close to my heart in the season we find ourselves in. But it all started with recently being invited to a youth camp. I was a guest speaker over out in Phillip Island, which is on the kind of the coast in, uh, in Melbourne. Uh, and it was an interesting time because from where I live right now is near the airport in Melbourne. I had to use one of these devices. Many of you would be familiar with this. Uh, and it's got an incredible app on it called Google Maps. So what I'd have to do is I'd have to take the destination that I wanted to travel to in Philippines. So I entered it into my phone and I put in that destination. But here's something that Google Maps wants to do. It needs to know two things. It needs to know where you are currently located. It needs to articulate and um, find where you are right now. And then on top of that, it also needs the destination that you're willing and wanting to go to. But as I was doing that just before I left my driveway, I literally noticed something that I hadn't noticed before. And this is what caught my attention, and this is kind of what I want to speak to you about today, is that the app gave me the opportunity, gave me the time, gave me the platform to choose my route. And in the season we find ourselves in right now, in uncharted waters, in unfamiliar territory, I want to encourage you that you have the opportunity. You have the chance to choose your route. And here's the topic I want us to unpack today. Navigating a new normal. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that you would speak to every person, wherever they find themselves, and meet them where they're at. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, you know, I'm... I'm sure everyone at the moment has found themselves uh, in interesting times. I'm sure you've heard the, the comment multiple times. This is unprecedented times. And the message that I'm bringing to you today is not just segregated or applicable to this season we find ourselves in. I believe it is applicable to any season of transition, any season where you find yourself in a new normal. I believe it will be appropriate for you. Now, I know I'm gonna speak to some parents just for a moment. In a moment, you may even find yourself, husband or wife or partner, whatever you are, nudging your, your partner in a moment because this week just passed, my wife and I stepped into a season of our family that we weren't prepared for. I actually had a message from a friend this week that made me laugh. He said, God has given me many gifts, but homeschooling isn't one of them. And I have to admit, it has been a challenging time. I have, my wife and I have a seven-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. Now, the three-year-old daughter is pretty good at entertaining herself, lining up her dolls and her teddy bears and having her own tea parties and everything else. But let me tell you the first thing that we experienced with my son. And I don't think it's just common to homeschooling. It was resistance. Simply because what he was experiencing wasn't the same as it was before. And here is something I need you to catch from wherever you're listening to. 
that we often resist the new. Hear this, we often resist the new because we've become so well acquainted with the old. And here's something that I know, friends, and I wanna speak this to every single person right now, is that God is up to something new. And here's what I'm afraid. We can get so caught up in the hysteria. We can get so committed to what was it like before and thinking how is this going to end that we will miss the miracle that's in the middle of it. And I don't want that to happen to you or to myself. There was a time in Scripture, you find this in Mark 2, where Jesus himself is having this amazing moment where he's actually being questioned by some religious leaders in regards to how come your disciples, his 12, how come they don't fast, but John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, his disciples do. And they're dialoguing back and forth and Jesus has these amazing words to say to them. But on the back end of this conversation, Jesus says something that is so incredible and I honestly believe it is completely relatable to our time. I love the fact that this book, although written many years ago, transcends time and actually applies to our lives today. And I want you to catch this. It's really, really cool. And I'm gonna explain it in just a moment. But listen to these words. This is Jesus speaking in Mark 2, 22. He says, and no one, that's not anybody, especially in the time he's addressing, you gotta understand how powerful this is. No one puts new wine into old wineskins for the wine would burst the wineskins and the wine and skins would both be lost. But look what it says at the very end. This is Jesus speaking to you, friend. New wine calls, it beckons, it screams out for new wineskins. Friend, God is doing something new in this season, but it can't be done the old way. And I'm honestly believing that. And let me explain to you a little bit the context and the time that Jesus is addressing. Wine was a common part of everyday life in Israel. And here Jesus, they were familiar with the fermenting process and how it would all take place. And Jesus is literally sort of paralleling what he's wanting to do, the new work he's wanting to bring, that it needs a new work of the heart. And if you think about it, when he's talking about a new wineskin, back in those days, a new wineskin was flexible, it was fresh, it was being able to expand, to hold the capacity of the work that was gonna take place in it. But the old wineskin was firm, it was brittle, it was brittle, it wasn't really able to be molded, it wasn't able to be shaped by that of the new wine that was coming in it. And that's why if we try to take the new work that God is wanting to do, embracing that new normal, if we try to take that and simply place it in our old thought patterns, in our old habits, in our old way of doing things, we will find that we will lose, we will miss the new work and lose our old wineskin. New wine calls for new wineskin. And I'm gonna be honest with you, if there is anyone that is dedicated, committed, to be honest, I'd say in love with routine and regimen and structure, you're looking at him. 
It's me. I love it. I'm so routine. I love to get up at the same time. I love to eat the same type of food. I love to have everything set to a clock and to a watch. But here is the kicker. And if there is ever a time that I'm learning this more than ever, it is right now. And here's the thing that I'm learning. I can't take, I can't fit an old routine into a new season. And you'd all agree, I'm sure, that we are in a new season, but I'm just finding, even myself, I'm trying to cling onto things that I was doing even yesterday, but realising that every five seconds, regulations are changing, government rules are changing. So I have just got to be sensitive to the new wine because I want to be, I pray you would want to be, a new wineskin. And if you're with me, you can say amen, you can hand clap, do whatever you're wanting to do right now. I just honestly believe it is time to receive new wine and God is looking for new wineskins. I came across this incredible quote and it really challenged me to place my focus in the right place. And it said this, it said, the secret of change is to focus all your energy. But look on what? Not on fighting the old, but on building the new. I want to ask you a question. What do you believe that God is asking you to build in this season? Now, I understand there are many things that are being put on hold right now, but I believe he's speaking to people right now to say, hey, I've got new things for you. There is a new work that I'm wanting to do in you. Navigating a new normal starts with embracing the new. Now, I know right about now, so many um, TV providers such as uh, show providers like Netflix and Stan and Disney, they're absolutely going, they're loving right now because you are like a couch potato, you are glued to that thing. And if you've got kids, that's just gone to a whole new level. I know because i got two of them. Now, there is a movie in particular, though, that we downloaded just recently. And my, my son has been watching it and my daughter have been watching it flat out and it has been absolutely amazing. And many of you may have watched it. It's the animated film and depiction by DreamWorks of the story of Moses called The Prince of Egypt. And it is incredible depiction. It's a great story. And many of you may be familiar with that. You find the story in the account in the book of Exodus, the second book of the Old Testament. It is an incredible read. I'd encourage you to go read it in your own time. But it's interesting because on the back of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, there is this incredible character known as Joseph. And he has this incredible story and, and he ends up, you know, at the, uh, the, literally the last 13 chapters of Genesis are dedicated to this one guy who has this incredible story. But then 430 years pass from the moment that Joseph kind of um, leaves rulership, kind of dies. And now you find 430 years later, the children of Israel are found in slavery. They're living free just outside of Egypt, yet now they are enslaved by the Egyptians. And then enters onto the scene this man named Moses who God promises, God calls out to deliver his people. And he does that. He goes from a foreign land, he goes back into Egypt, delivers his people, but they're not even two weeks, not even a month out of this journey from being slaves to free, from being bound to being absolutely experiencing the promises of God. They are in this incredible season, but they're not even out over a month. And look how their attitude quickly changes. And we're gonna pick the account up in Exodus 16, verses one to three. 
And I love how the message puts it. It says, on the 15th day of the second month, after they had left Egypt, they've already left Egypt. Check this out. The whole company of Israel moved from Elam to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. Now check this part out. The whole company of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron there in the wilderness. Now, no, no, wait a minute. If you watch the movie, if you read the story, God had just sent 10 plagues into Egypt. He had literally just delivered them by parting a Red Sea and collapsing a body of water on their enemy. They had just witnessed some incredible miracles, but what they're finding themselves right in the middle of their journey, they're finding themselves complaining. They're finding themselves whining. They're finding themselves whinging. Recently in my own home, we actually developed and we instigated what we call a wine jar. And it's not only for my kids, it is also, also for myself and my wife. If we find ourselves whining, we don't want to be a complaint. The Bible actually says do everything without whining or complaining. And I know that's hard sometimes and it can be difficult, but this is what the children of Israel found themselves doing. But look what happens. They literally point back to the past. It says, why, the Israelites said, why didn't God let us die? Listen to this. In comfort in Egypt. Are you kidding me? These guys were literally slaves. They were making bricks day and night to build buildings and structures for the Egyptians, yet they felt and they were attached more to this past experience of comfort and safety to their present location. It says where we had, look what, they, look what they relate to, where we had lamb stew and all the bread we could eat. You've brought us out into the wilderness to starve us to death, the whole company of Israel. Now, let's be honest. These are definitely testing times. And I'm very sensitive to the fact that people have lost jobs. People have lost sense of security, incomes, homes. People have literally died because of what's happening on planet Earth. And when times get tough, you find out what's on the inside of you. I honestly believe that. But here's what my encouragement is to you. Because friend, I'm desperately trying to do this myself. I haven't mastered this. But you know what I'm trying to do? I'm actually trying to find the joy on the journey. Where is there little highlight moments? Where is something I couldn't do before that I can do now? If I can encourage you, I've literally rediscovered multiple hobbies for myself. I realize I have a passion and a love for writing. So I've been writing. I've got a passion for reading. But if I was to be honest, go back six months ago, I never had the time to read. I was always busy doing something else, thinking something else was more important. But here's the thing that I honestly believe for someone like myself, and I know this is gonna be speaking to many, many, many of you right now. The one thing that it has given me the most above everything else, it's helping me put my priorities back into alignment. And let me tell you one of my top priorities, which if I'm gonna be honest with you, friend, and I need you to come in here for just a moment, because this is really, really important. I wanna speak to every parent right here. You know what it actually has given me? It has given me the opportunity to invest, not just spend time with, but invest with my family. And maybe dad, husband, you might be watching right now. If you're anything like me, 
I can be more committed, and you need to hear this. I can be more committed to provide for my family as opposed to being present with them. And here's the thing that I honestly believe heaven is screaming at us right now in the most beautiful way. Please don't miss the moment. There is a moment in time that we will never get back that right now, if we're so focused and concentrating on what we've lost and we're focused on what we have to do to get out of this thing, we will miss the gap, the time, the window of opportunity. I heard someone say it so beautifully the other day that it is through adversity rises great opportunity. And friend, we are in it right now. These are exciting times. Are they challenging? 100%. And please hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that it's not difficult. But right now, what are the opportunities that you see? What is the joy that you can find, that you can hunt out, that you can seek on this journey? And I just love it how beautifully, almost poetic, the prophet Isaiah interprets the Word of God and he speaks this beautiful word that I want to almost speak it over your life today. Whatever season of life you find yourself in, friend, I want to speak these words. And you find in Isaiah 43, verses 18 to 19, he says this, he says, but forget all that. Now, you've got to understand when this is actually being written, God's God's done a whole bunch of great stuff. And here's often the enemy. I love this saying, the enemy of the great isn't the bad, isn't the terrible, it's often the good because things are so good that we're not willing to move to great. And God is actually saying, but forget all that. The good, the bad, the ugly, you can forget all that, but here's why. It's nothing, it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do for I am about to do something new. I wish you would get so excited on the other side of this camera that you would literally be falling off your couch right now because it's for you, friend. See, I have already begun. I'm sensing this right now. Do you not see it? Something I've learned over and over again, we often fail to see the new that God wants to do because we are so enamored and fixated on the old. But it used to be like this. It used to be like that. Oh, the songs we used to sing were great. Hey, let's honor and respect our past. No doubt about it. But the Bible tells me it's a new day. It tells me right, like we read before, that new wine needs new wineskin. God is wanting to do something new in your life. And look what he says. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Maybe you feel like right now that you're in a wasteland, that you're in a desert. His word comes directly to you today to say, there are rivers of living water available for you in Jesus' name. Now, when it comes to navigating this new normal, I want to encourage you, friend, choose, because joy is a decision. Choose to find the joy in the journey. Now, there's this incredible passage in Matthew 14 that I come back to regularly. Honestly, it's just, it keeps blowing me away because it just there is so much encapsulated in it. And to give you a bit of, a bit of backdrop as we go into this account, Jesus is in a moment where him and his disciples have just fed 5,000 people. And it's interesting because, you know, it's late, the people are hungry and the disciples go to Jesus. Maybe this is some, a word for someone out there today. The disciples go to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, we've got to send these people away because they're hungry. And Jesus literally flips it back on the disciples and he says, hey, you give them something to eat. 
Now, right now, if, you're, if you are a follower of Christ right now and you're listening, I wanna encourage you and please let me challenge you in the most healthiest way. The people around you who are in the greatest need, can you please give them something to eat? Can you please be the one who steps out of your cubicle, out of your world, send them a text, send them an encouragement because God is wanting to use people to feed a starving world. Is that cool? I believe you guys can do it. We can do this together. But then he's fed the 5,000 people. They're all about to be dismissed. And we pick the account up in verse 22 of Matthew 14. Check this out. It says, as soon as the people were fed, that was the 5,000, Jesus, this is the part, look at this. Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and go to the other side. Friend, I wanna encourage you. We will come out of this. We will get to the other side of this. But he goes on, he says, of the lake, while, the, um, while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds dispersed, Jesus went up into the hills to pray. You need to catch this, look at this. And as night fell, he was there praying, what does it say? Alone, with God. You know, I love that there's a pattern in Jesus's life. He's used to self-isolation but there was a purpose in his self-isolation. It was to commit and to invest in his relationship with his heavenly father. Right now, friend, in this season of self-isolation, we have this incredible, mind-blowing opportunity to invest in our relationship with Jesus like never before. But the disciples, continuing on, who are now in the middle of the lake, this is where it's about to get crazy, ran into trouble, just like we're experiencing right now. For their boat was tossed about by the high winds and heavy seas. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them. Friend, wherever you're listening to right now, Jesus is coming to you right now. He's there in your lounge room, in your car, wherever you are. He's there with you right now, walking on the waves. When the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, a ghost. Then Jesus said, and this is the encouragement, write down. Come on, join in a little bit closer once again. Be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. In the midst of all this mess, in the midst of all this craziness, Jesus is right here. He hasn't left. He hasn't forgotten about us. He hasn't turned a blind eye. He is right here seeing the mess, but we are gonna miss it if all we do is focus on the mess and not the master. We've got an opportunity right now to engage with him like never before. And as I mentioned just a moment ago, we will, and I say that confidently, we will come out on the other side of this. You will come out on the other side of broken relationships. You will come out on the other side of challenges with finances, of jobs and all that sort of stuff that's very real right now. But here's the thing, and here's a question I kind of wanna implant and instill in you, is this, we will come to the other side of this, but my question to you, friend, is, how will you come out the other side? What will your life look like? Will you be full of fear or will you be filled with faith? Will you make a decision to forfeit your mindset to all of the chaos or will you choose to cling on to the peace that God brings? Because friend, just as I mentioned at the start of this message, Google Maps needs to know where you're at you punch in the destination. But guess what? You, friend, you and I have the privilege, have the opportunity to choose 
the course when it comes to navigating this new normal. Don't remember, don't forget, I should say, don't forget where you're headed. Don't forget your destination because we will get to the other side. You know, and in preparing, you know, this week, I just, I got enamored, I got literally caught up in one particular passage of scripture. And this is kind of where I wanna, I wanna end for today. Because when, whenever I'm going somewhere, one of the things that I find to be the most helpful is to follow someone who has already been where I want to go. So in doing that, I'm thinking, okay, how does that actually relate to this message? And Jesus made this radical, crazy, out there statement. And you find it in John 14, 6. And he actually says this. He says, I am the way. He doesn't say I am a way or I am an option. He literally declares boldly in front of people to you and I today, I am the way. But the way to what? We're gonna get there in just a moment. Then he says, I am the truth. Friend, if there is ever a time in our history right now is people are seeking truth and truth is not a concept or an idea. Truth is wrapped up in a person and his name is Jesus. And then he says, I am the life, the life that you've been longing for, the life that you've been craving for, the life that you wanna live is found in Jesus, friends. And he says this, no one, no one, no, there's no exception to this. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.